You are listening to From Soap Ready to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Soap Ready to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. It is wonderful to have you back for another beautiful episode. As always, I am excited. And today I want to jump right into this one because we're going to talk about anxiety and trigger management. Now, one of the coolest things to experience as you begin your journey from sobriety to recovery is that you get to unmute your feelings. You get to finally feel things. And I know, there could be some trepidation around that because we have been muting our feelings for so long with our drug of choice or our process addiction. And now to actually have to feel things at first, it can feel, it can actually create other emotions. It can feel scary. You can be afraid of it. Um, There could be a, a lot of concern and worry about the triggers and what might come. And that's why we're pairing anxiety and trigger management together because Ultimately, as you begin to age yourself within the sobriety and recovery universe, feeling the emotions will be exuberant. It will be amazing because you haven't felt something for so long. And this works the other way as well. One of the reasons that enjoying things that are just naturally enjoyable can be slightly difficult is because we have messed with our enjoyment mechanism inside our limbic system, our amygdala. So the bar at which something would normally be enjoyable is different because we have been flooding our brains with dopamine. And that's, of course, been, you know, creating the cravings for what should be the good things. But, you know, unfortunately, it's oftentimes not the good things. So we have messed with the bar of what's normally enjoyable to our brain. So think about how A sexual orgasm is the highest at which the human brain can release dopamine in a natural state. And let's imagine, let's just create that as the 100%. Well, cocaine releases at 300% and methamphetamines release at 3,000%. So do you think that that might skew your enjoyment barometer slightly if you have been adding in alcohol, drugs, porn, sex, gambling, shopping, cell phone addictions, all of those, that's, it's going to be an abnormal release of dopamine. So what we're looking for when we begin to shed the addictions and step into our sobriety is that I want you to anticipate that the anxiety and the fear and the concern and the worry about triggers is, it's a thing. And you may not feel it during the pink cloud stage, the initial enjoyment of the sobriety and recovery, but it's coming. And we're not infallible. We're not immune to the human experience. It's happening right now as you listen to this, the human experience. You are creating pictures in your head about what I'm saying. Thoughts and feelings are triggered from that. And then actions and results come from that. I want you to understand the complexities of what's happening inside of you and that it's all this very synchronized system that your body has created that the human body itself has created over thousands of years. I would like to offer you some light into this because anxiety comes from the way you're picturing your problems. So if you are thinking about something that's going to happen in the future and you're seeing yourself fail, you're increasing your anxiety. 
visualization processes have been used by athletes, musicians, people who have to perform in some way or another, actors, and I mean, even teachers have said visualizing themselves teaching the content has helped them do a better job. Even when I do the podcasts, a certain amount of preparation goes into each one of the episodes. But ultimately, if I sit here and read over my notes over and over and over again, I'll actually just stress myself out about it. I just flip on the thing, hit record, and look at my bullet points to keep me on track. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. But I always believe that what needs to be said is said. And I want you to believe that what you need to do, you'll do. When the time comes from whatever you have this anxiety or stress about. I think an integral thing to remember about your addiction time is that not all of it was necessarily quote unquote bad. There is no forgetting it, first of all. It's all part of who you are. Your addiction beast gets to go sit in the back of the bus now and is no longer in control of the wheel of your bus of life, but you don't just get to evaporate away, forget away all of those memories you have of how you behaved and how you thought and how you felt and how you acted while you were in the throes of your addiction. It doesn't work that way. What you can realize is that your ability to figure things out on the fly, to stretch a dollar in order to maximize how much alcohol or drugs you could buy or you know, food, sex, porn, gambling addiction, all of them, whether it's a processed addiction or a substance use addiction, one, you have to take something to feel better. Another one, you have to do something to feel better. But either way, you figured out a way to continue doing that while still ma- maintaining some modicum of a normal life. Yes, some of us did it, quote unquote, better than others. You know, we had a car and we had a house and we had a stable job and other people were in and out of employment or wrecked a car too or had to take the bus or were hopping from couch to couch to couch. But either way, you were figuring it out. Oh, even if you were sleeping on the street, you were figuring it out. You found a place to sleep at night. You found a way to get your intoxicated substance. You found a way. Well, let's remember that in sobriety and recovery, that their addicted version of ourselves always found a way to keep ourselves high, to keep ourselves drunk, to keep ourselves in the throes of addiction, to find ourselves food, to find ourselves a partner, to find ourselves friends. We found a way. So a lot of the anxiety and stress you might have about something in the future is you relegating all of those accomplishments from your past addictive days to the waste heap of that's not useful. I can't call upon that trait, that skill, that ability now. And it's just simply not true. You can do some powerful things with these negative pictures if they're uh, super full of anxiety and stress. You can drain the color out of them. You can picture it in your head with a frame around it, and you can literally push that picture further away, drain the color out of it, make it blurry, have it turn into a tiny little dot off of the horizon and pop it with your finger. You should write that down. That's a real thing. It's neuro-linguistic programming 101, that the way we picture things in our head drastically creates the way that we experience them in our body. And anxiety is something that we feel in the body because our mind is telling us to feel it. Anxiety and excitement are actually both arousal emotions, and they follow on the same synapses within the brain. So the body doesn't really know the difference between anxiety and excitement except for where they're located, which generally is anxiety in the belly and excitement up in the chest. But it's the mind telling the body, Hey, this is anxiety. This is anxiety. 
Because if we just simply moved it up a little bit from the belly to the chest and then just said, actually, it's excitement, it's excitement, the body would get on board with that. The body's listening to the mind and it, it's became, you're creating a feedback loop. I'm telling you it's anxiety, feel anxiety, the body feels anxiety, so we think it's more anxiety, and it just continues to escalate. See, I can't necessarily fully understand the experiences that you're ha- having because we're all unique humans and how we create these pictures in our mind and how we experience anxiety, how we experience stress. There is a uniqueness to it, but there are also patterns that the human mind has created. So now let's start bringing in trigger management. So let's say that you're new to sobriety and recovery or you're you're been in it for a little while, but now you're going to find yourself in a situation where previously you would have absolutely gotten intoxicated, done some drugs, done something that would have fed your substance abuse or process addiction. And now you're picturing this in your mind and you're amping up your anxiety because you're super worried that you're going to slip. You're going to have a lapse. You're going to fall back to day one or potentially go all the way back into the throes of the addiction. How you're picturing that trigger opportunity in your mind is creating the anxiety that you're feeling. So what are some ways that you can begin to help yourself with that? Well, first we can start to ask ourselves, how are we picturing it? Because if it's going to, let's say, a wedding, this is an easy one, or a birthday, a bar mitzvah, whatever, one of those big events where adults like to drink while the kids run around and don't drink. Well, what are you picturing at the wedding? Are you picturing everybody standing around the bar, passing around shots? Are you picturing everybody on the dance floor laughing and having a good time? Are you picturing everybody sitting around a table, slamming back beers? Are you picturing the bride and groom cutting the cake? Are you picturing everybody standing outside smoking weed or smoking cigarettes, uh, shooting the shit while hitting key bumps and, you know, ignoring the wedding altogether? Or are you picturing yourself going around and introducing yourself to everybody and getting to know cool people and laughing and having a good time? What you're picturing yourself doing at the wedding is going to drastically create, whether it's excitement or anxiety within you. So start asking yourself, what is it that you're picturing? Also, number two, when we start thinking about anxiety buster techniques, what is it that your emotional responses are going to be when people offer you alcohol or start drinking it around you? What if everybody dips out to the bathroom and you know they're going in there to do some drugs or they show up already high and they say, hey, we've got some, are you down? What's your emotional response to that going to be? So when I first got sober, I thought I needed to tell everybody, no, I'm sober. I don't do that anymore. And then I was already prepared with this gauntlet of answers that I was going to be able to you know, maneuver through depending on how they asked the question and how well I knew them. When in reality, as time moved on, I realized a simple... No, I'm good. No, yeah, you know, I used to mess with that, but not anymore. I got something going on tomorrow. I just, that's not something I can pull off right now. Yeah, you know, just got this work thing. It's its no big deal. It's just r- rolling sober today. Because in reality, people don't really care whether you're using around them or not, whether you join in. Hell, a lot of them will be like, cool, more for me. And if they do care and they continue to push it on you, that's somebody who is afraid of looking at themselves in the mirror and realizing that maybe their usury habits are a little bit out of control, wackadaisical, whatever. And then you saying no has them internally questioning whether they should even be doing it. 
Well, don't allow their questioning inside their own mind and then them projecting that upon you by pushing, pushing, pushing an addictive substance on you to weaken your stance that the decision you made is the best decision for you. It doesn't matter if they're the same age with the same kind of job and the same kind of background. And hell, they may have even gone to college with you and they're, you know, riding high over there and you're over here, you know, white knuckling it, afraid that you might use. Release all that shit, man. I'm serious, y'all. Because it doesn't matter what that person's doing with their life. What matters is what you're doing with your life. Whether they're just as addicted as you or not, or whether they figured out a way to control it, don't, don't, don't fall for that. The bell's been rung. We crossed the line. We didn't know it was a line. We didn't even know it was there, but we crossed it. Just like you can't unring the bell and, and unteach Pavlov's dogs not to froth at the mouth when they hear the bell and they see him walking over with the food bowl, we have crossed the invisible line and now we are addicted to substances. Now we are addicted to processes. We don't get to go back to just drinking like a normal person. Our brains have already been wired to not do that. I know people who've been sober for 40 years who thought that they could just dabble a little bit and it didn't happen overnight, but at some point it happened and they woke up with a wicked hangover and a bunch of I'm sorry's to have to make and they realized, nope, nope, no matter how long that beast hibernates within us, it's still within us. So ask yourself, what emotional responses are you going to have when people offer you or start just doing it around you? Also, on the mental side of it, what are some things that you can be thinking about in order to further accentuate how important your sobriety and recovery is to you? You can be thinking about how accomplished you'll feel the next morning. How good will that make you? Now you're tiring, tying in a mental and an emotional response to waking up sober. You can read up on different ways to attend events and let people know that you no longer are imbibing or taking or doing whatever it is they're offering you. And then you can practice some sentences that will have you feeling good about the way you're going to say no. Because if you do want to explain yourself, have some responses ready. That's a way you can mentally activate yourself. I know many a listener who've contacted me and said, man, I keep you at the forefront of my Spotify or podcasting app. And when I'm out somewhere and I feel like the trigger's coming on and I feel like the craving's starting to mount up, I just pop you on and just listen to some of your good stuff. Maybe even have a really good spot where I pump you up and I get you super excited. Maybe it's a whole nother podcast altogether or it's some really powerful music where you're like, yeah, this song I'm going to anchor into the feeling of waking up sober. Have some ways that you can get your mind on board so that when the body starts to feel feel this anxiety and stress, that the mind doesn't get trapped back in that loop. Feel anxiety, think of anxiety. Think of anxiety, feel anxiety. Get them on the same page. And lastly, what are some of your spiritual components you can add in? Now, you know in this show, spiritual isn't necessarily religious. It's more about your morals, ethics, values, opinions, beliefs, standards of habits, principles. So what is one of your values that you seek to live up to? I hear from a lot of people in the addiction sphere that freedom and uh, having the control over themselves 
And here's what's really interesting about freedom. Like, I am super into freedom. Like, I don't like it when people tell me what to do. I don't feel like I'm backed into a corner. I don't like to feel like I can't, you know, drive three hours to go see a concert if I want to. I like to have the freedom of my movement. What's interesting is addiction actually took that away from me. Not only did it take away my freedom to just actually be me and not be concerned with how much I'm drinking and how I'm uh, being perceived by the people around me. But then the next day I felt like crap. So I didn't actually get to go do the things I wanted to do. I spent all my money and time and energy getting high or thinking about getting high or trying to get high or trying to get a hold of the things to get me high. And there wasn't as much money to go to amusement parks or concerts or the zoo or the fun things that I actually would have enjoyed doing just as much as standing in a dark bar, shooting shots with complete strangers, just so I could feel like I was alive. I choose to feel alive in sobriety and recovery because this feels way better. I align with my values of self-control, of freedom, of personal responsibility. I want discipline. I want flexibility. I want tenacity. These are principles that I have seek to align with. So bring in, what are some principles for yours, for you? Let me spit that out again twice. And then create a mantra around it. I am tenacious tonight. I exude freedom. I am tenacious tonight. I exude self-confidence. And then just go in there. And if you're used to liquid courage to get you feeling like you're in the mood to be social and go out on the dance floor and dance, then if you get to an event, find, I love finding the old people. Like I'm talking about like the 70, 80 year old people because they're all down to talk. They're loving it when people pay attention to them. It's a great way to go into an event, make a, make a quick friend, and then you know somebody's name. And you could hey, be like, hey, why don't we go meet some other people? And now you can go introduce this person around, especially at you know company functions, networking events. Again, going back to the weddings or the bar mitzvahs or the birthdays or whatever, where people are all standing around a bar most of the time. Go find the people who don't seem like they're being very social and introduce yourself. Go get get to talking to them and then say, hey, you want to come walk around and meet some new people with me? Now you don't have to feel like you're stepping in on your own. Now there's somebody else you can introduce. There's somebody else you can add into the conversation. Walk in and instead of thinking about how you're going to introduce yourself to people, just immediately start introducing yourself to people. Go up to the bar and tell the guy, hey, man, I'm sober. Here's a 10 spot. Anytime I walk up, can you just make sure I get a soda water neat? No ice, no straw, no fruit. Bartenders will know what neat means, but in case you didn't, it means, you know, nothing. Have you ever ordered a martini neat? It's like you don't want nothing in it. You just want the liquid. Well, I just go up to the bar and say, I want a soda water neat. No ice, no straw, no fruit. And anytime that bartender sees me, I've thrown him a five or ten. Yeah, do I really need to come off a five or ten for the bartender? Not necessarily. It's just soda water. But, hey, I've worked the bar. I've slung the drinks. I know that people tipping me are going to take priority. And if all he's got to do is fill up my soda water, then she's going to be more apt to see me and be like, oh, okay, that person's sober. They're cool. Let's make that happen. Make some friends. Go in there. Release the anxiety by choosing to have fun. It's a choice to feel anxiety or feel excitement. Move it from the belly to the heart. Ask yourself, how am I picturing these triggering moments? Can I turn down the color? Can I fuzz it out a little bit? Can I play really funny music behind it? Can I pop it off into the middle of the stratosphere by pushing it off into the, you know, the deepest part of the, of the sunrise of the horizon? What am I going to 
think about before I walk into this event that's triggering? What kind of statements will I have prepared for people who are asking me what I'm up to and I've been gone for six months to a rehab center? How am I going to emotionally respond to people who question my life or want to bring up things from the past that I did that I still haven't made amends for or still feel embarrassed or guilty or ashamed of? Think about these things so that you're prepared. Visualize your responses. Align with your values. You are a strong, strong person. I want you to acknowledge and accept that. It's important that you realize that you are just as worthy as anybody else to have an amazing life. And regardless of how you might want to judge somebody else and how they achieve their life, it always takes work. There is no overnight success. We may not see what everybody's doing. We might think nepotism or favoritism or, you know, they did something inappropriate at office and that's how they got ahead, whatever it might be. If you can't affect it or direct it, then accept it. And don't allow yourself to get wrapped up in all the little idiosyncrasies of somebody else's behaviors or actions and allow you stewing on that and getting upset about that to hold you back from achieving something equally amazing, if not more. You're in control of your life because it's you who chooses to feel anxiety or excitement. And I understand that there are some people with very extreme cases of anxiety, then go. Medically assisted treatment is a real thing. Go. Go to a doctor. Get on some medicine. Ask about an exit strategy. Find out from them what you can be doing while you're on the medication to begin to alleviate some of your anxiety and stress. Get yourself a therapist. Get yourself a recovery coach. Did you know that I do this for a living? Like on here, I'm more of a teacher and a mentor. But when I get into coaching, I challenge people to make massive changes in their life. We question their limiting beliefs. We uncover the trauma and the suffering. We get it healed and we get you going in the direction you've always wanted to go. Maybe even a direction you didn't even know was a direction for you. If you want more of this, go to jessemogul.com slash ask me, click on the coaching button and send me over that form and we'll make a phone call happen. I will talk to you in person, well, over voice or on Zoom. So not face-to-face, unless you happen to live in North Alabama. The point is, (laughs) I can be here for you if you need me to be. Maybe I'm in Los Angeles. Maybe I'm in Seattle. Maybe I'm wherever I'm at. But the power of the computer dictates that I can be anywhere you are with a simple click of a button. jessemogul.com slash ask me. You can go to there, or you can just go to the live coaching in the menu and click on that and you can set up a call with me. However you choose to reach out, reach out if that's what you'd like to do. Because anxiety and excitement and triggers, you know, it's something that is always going to be part of the human experience. I want you to embrace your emotions. Embrace the fallibility that comes from being a human and realize that each and every day is an opportunity to be just a smidge bit better than you were the day before. You stack up a lot of those days you won't even recognize who's looking at you in the mirror in a good way. All right, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine. Shout out to Robert. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.